Welcome, welcome, welcome to three weeks in a row at the Game Fishing Parks podcast and blast. I'm your host, Chris Hall. With my boss today, a little bit nervous. If I screw this up, I might not have a job, and this might be the last one ever. But uh, <laughs> with my big boss here today, uh, GFP Secretary Kevin Robling. Kevin, uh, thanks for taking some time, man. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Chris Hall, and thank you for doing this. This is fun. Um, you're an interesting dude. Uh, <laughs> give me, give me your background. Like, where did you, you where, where you came from, where you grew up? I know you played football at a certain junior college in South Dakota but whoa but, whoa <laughs> give me give me your background where you, where'd you grow up yeah so uh I grew up in a small town uh, in southern Minnesota actually between uh, New Prague and Jordan Minnesota on a farm I'm a farm kid um yeah I, I, that's that's how I was raised uh baling hay and you know combine corn and beans and uh yeah just growing up on the farm there Sports were always a big part of my life, and so was working hard on the farm. So between those two things, I kept pretty busy. Uh, went to SDSU, not that junior college that uh, Chris just talked about, but went to SDSU to play football there. I actually was a, a center there um, about 295 pounds ago. So That blows me away because you're a skinny <laughs> dude. No, I mean, not skinny, but that just blows me away. The first time you told me that, I'm like, get out of here, but... Yeah, no, it's been a it's been a great journey, and uh, I came to South Dakota when I turned 18, and I told myself then I'd probably never leave, and I never did. Um, I've been here 18 years, so uh, I'm, I just love this state. I love all the recreational opportunities. I love the people, and uh, yeah, I mean, agriculture is still a big part of who I am. Got a cow-calf herd at home. Uh, I'm trying to teach my kids how to work. Uh, that work ethic piece is really important to me, so... Lots of things going on. I love to hunt. I love to fish. I love to trap. Um, I love to camp. Everything. I, I spend every waking moment I can outdoors. Uh, I got horses. We ride a lot of horse. We do a lot of camping. And, uh, man, it's just been fun. It's been so fun. I got three little kids, um, uh, three-year-old twins and a one-year-old. And my wife and I are busy, busy, busy. Uh, busy with work. Busy with cattle and, and uh you know, fencing and all of that, and, and obviously busy with the kids. So it's quite a journey, and it's been so much fun. So If, if anybody in the world could handle twins right out of the gate, it was you. <laughs> I don't know about that. And, and your wife's got a little bit more of a calming influence when I, the times I spend on her, but there's nobody that I've ever met that has as much energy all the time as you. So you probably deserve twins, but you, you could also handle them. So... You came, you went SDSU, what was your first job out of school, like with us, with Game Fishing Parks? Yeah, so I did a, a deer project, uh, radio collar deer for my master's degree at SDSU as well, and uh, I actually landed a job in Sioux Falls as a resource biologist in 2011. Um, that was right after I was finishing up my master's degree with uh, SDSU, and then in, in 2012 I actually moved out to Rapid City. And got my dream job, the big game biologist position out in Rapid City, uh, radio collaring deer and elk and mountain lions and antelope, and it, it was it was a blast. I did that for six years about, and then uh, got a call from Secretary Hepler at the time about a, a non-meandered water issue, and here I am today. So, <laughs> I think I think the first time that I ever met you was in, or at least we had had conversations was in a meeting. And I can't remember if it was the deer draw redo stuff or if it was the cubing of preference points. But both of those were kind of also your, not baby, but, you know, you were heavily involved in those. 
Yeah, there was uh, a few contentious projects that I took on. <laughs> <and> <laughs> uh, the, the deer draw was especially one of them. That Did was... you just wake up one morning and go, we should cube these points. This could probably help. Uh, not necessarily. I, I mean, there was a lot of conversation about <laughs> draw probabilities and draw statistics and everything in between. And I'm a huge big game hunter myself, public land warrior. Um, yeah, and I've I seen the concern from folks that were waiting 10, 15, 30 years. And, uh, you know, we, we wanted to weight them folks a little heavier based on the preference points they right. had. So, yeah, I just, I just remember that going, I, okay, I'm an English major. I'm not, I'm trying to get my brain around this. And, and, uh, back then I think you were a little, uh, you like to speak in biologies a little more than you do now. Now you've, now you've kind of tempered that down, but yeah, I'll never forget that. It was just it was like, what work did we're going to do? What? How does that help? And, you know, after a meeting or two, and oh, okay. Um, talk about your family and talk about, you know, that that work ethic. You know, I see, you know, I've seen some pictures and, and even talk about some of the hunting you've been doing this year. I've been sitting under a giant freak elk that you have in your office. And, um, you know, it, it seems like I know you go out and you hunt hard and you put on the miles, but I also see a lot of pictures with these kids on your back and, and the kids along. Talk about that and and how it shapes what you bring to work. Oh, man, it's it really is my motivation. Um, the next generation is, is everything to me. You know, my kids' kids, what opportunities they're going to have. Um, I put my heart and soul into making sure that my kids uh, – are raised in the outdoors. Um, I, like you said, I put them on my back all the time and uh, carry them around in pack frames. Um, you know, for example, my one-year-old and two three-year-olds, they've been pheasant hunting, duck hunting, elk hunting, uh, deer hunting, antelope hunting all this year alone. And we've had success in all those arenas. Um, one story that I want to share is my poor three-year-old daughter. I called him this big bull elk for a buddy of mine and uh, he didn't get it to stop. He had a, his, uh, he was archery hunting but the bull came right in, right on top of us, and uh, we're sitting there, and she really got scared, and I think I might have wrecked her. She never <laughs> wants to elk come again, but she does want to shoot big bucks, and she does want to go shoot pheasants, and uh, no, it, it is. I mean, it, it's a way of life for me, I and mean, we camp, we hunt, uh, we fish a lot, and uh, the kids are with every second of every moment of those, of those opportunities, of those you know, times we spend outdoors. Right. It's a big part of who I am. Um, you know, it makes hunting a little more challenging. Oh, man. <laughs> Taking one-year-olds archery hunting has been a challenge, but it, it, we found success in that as well. Um, public land all, all the time. I hunt 100% public land on everything I do. And, uh, man, I just love it. I love hiking in. My, I took my Actually, we went on a hunting trip this last week in uh, West River Deer, and it was just me and my wife, and we haven't done that for a long time. And it was, you know, eight miles in. Um, I wore out pretty good, <laughs> and towards the end of the day, uh, we went to a little different spot, and she seen a buck, and she looked back at me, and she goes, the car is only a half mile away. <laughs> and she, she goes, I'm going to shoot that buck. <laughs> right. so she, uh, she decided to pull the trigger, but just stuff like that. It's been, uh, yeah, the memories we create and the memories we make through outdoor opportunities, is, is that's, that's what gives me my passion, my motivation and uh, that's what I love being part of this team so darn much because uh, the things we influence are so incredible for the quality of life in South Dakota. Right. I think, you know, I, I'm learning quickly. My daughter, I, I really fished with her a lot when she was really young and ice fishing, you know, so we could be warm and maybe there was a, 
you know, here, you know, if it got slow, it was, here's a video, you know, or something like that. But we always did really short trips. And when she was done, like, you know, she checked out, we would go home. And I, I think that's real. I've seen that with her now that she, you know, she's gotten older, so it extends out so she can go longer. Like we were yeah. in the deer blind uh, this week, this weekend, and this is her first buck tag. And we had two so close encounters, just couldn't get the deer to stop. Yeah. And I thought she was going to be so mad, but man, she was so pumped. And she's Same. like, I'm out of school on Wednesday at noon. You know, can we go? And well, this spot is better in the morning, but yes, we can go. And I think uh, that's where you and I really have a lot of common commonalities and our staff is, is that those things with our family and these activities drive us so much that it's, it's easy to get up and go to work and go, okay, I can make a difference here today. You know, we might have to eat a shovel of manure every once in a while, <laughs> but you can always turn and go, okay, I'm, I'm getting beat up here. Today's the day I can go this way and make a difference, or this project is really going to make a difference, you know? And so it's, it's pretty easy to go to work. And I see that, I see that with you coming in and your energy and your positivity. I mean, you know, we're not going to get into it, but you've had some contentious stuff and you've had some tough stuff, but I've never seen somebody who's always got that positive, positive attitude. Does that come naturally? Did you get that from your parents? Is that something that... Yeah, no, it, it does. I mean, life's too short, you know, not to be positive in my opinion. And I am a glass half full kind of person. Always, I try to be. Um, only when my cattle don't cooperate when they're in the shoot <laughs> is when I get kind of, kind of negative. But, I should bring uh, a video camera out to see that. I'd like to see some negative cattle. Working cattle is a different... Yeah, that, that kind of brings out the worst in, in uh, my language and my attitude at times because they don't cooperate always. But no, I have been... Um, you know, my, my folks, I, I, I say I'm a perfect combination of my mom and dad because my dad, all he knows how to do is work. And that's all he still does is work, 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 work. Uh, my mom, she was actually a state senator in Minnesota for 16 years. She's got a lot of communication skills, and she likes to talk with people, and so do I. And that's, I, I always say, got a lot of my mother in me because of that fact, and she's so positive, <laughs> and she's been that way her entire life. So I look at that, you know, and, and uh, I learned from that just growing up. So, yeah, no, it's been, you know, I, I always, I, I like challenges, um, but I'll tell you what I really like the most. It's the people I get to work with. I mean, it's the passion, the dedication. Um, you go around the state, uh, even these team breakout calls, uh, you just have an opportunity to meet with folks and see how much they care, how much they care about this department, how much they care about making a difference in the position they're in, uh, how much they care about serving the people and connecting people to the outdoors. And that, that motivates me as well. And, uh, man, I just think it's, it's an amazing team to be a part of. Um, it's amazing team to see work in action, you know, and that's just something that keeps me very, very positive throughout life and, and throughout my career for sure. Right. Uh, team breakout calls he, he mentioned, that uh, Kevin just mentioned, is uh, our leadership is getting on Zoom calls with every one of our employees and small teams, and we're just talking. And uh, I, I went through mine, and, and uh, I don't think you guys got anything new from me because if I got something on my brain, you're going to hear it anyway. So. <laughs> it but, was good. Um, you know, talk about... You're at, you're are you my third you're my fourth GFP secretary I've been there been here that long um, everybody's got different styles everybody brought good stuff to the table um, you know you've had a lot of challenges in issues but I think you might be one of the first GFP secretaries to do like this undertaking to make sure to come back and, and touch base 
you know, it, that's a lot of work to touch base with all those employees. And I, and I know it's important, but um, just talk about that a little bit and why now and why why do it? I mean, it's 48 hours of, of meeting. It's a week and a half of meetings, you know? It is. I mean, it because it, it's worth it. Um, because the team is so important to this organization. And, and when we all work together towards the same mission, same goals, same objectives, we can, we can accomplish so many great things. And it takes everybody. Um, everybody in this organization has a very important job to do. And everybody in this organization, you know, I want to make sure that they know who I am and I want to know who they are. And uh, like I said, I've been a team player my whole life. Uh, I was a wrestler as well um, and a shot putter and football player and all of that. And at the end of the day, what I've found from all of those experiences is if the team isn't committed, if the team isn't dedicated, if the team doesn't feel like they have, you know, support from everyone on that team, um, boy, it doesn't work. And and the job, the work doesn't get done here in this office or this, you know, in this, the, the leadership has to rely on the team. Um, that's where the work gets done. That's where, you know, the folks that are out there doing the day-to-day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of making sure that we, we know each other and have the time to communicate. And I'm dedicated to Team GF&P, absolutely committed to it because um, I know it's that important. It's that important to keep this organization running and uh, running very well and organized and efficient and effective and, and really serving the people of South Dakota uh, through the great outdoors. Switching gears, if you could hunt, and like I said, I'm sitting in your office, you got two big whitetails, you got a freak, absolute freak, weird elk, crappie, and a bass. If you could fish or hunt one critter, what's it going to be? Man, I, I absolutely love elk hunting. Uh, archery elk hunting is by far my favorite. Um, during the peak of the rut, I go to Colorado every year or Wyoming. I try to, um, or South Dakota if I get lucky, or my buddies draw a tag. Or I did draw one tag so far, but I absolutely love calling in big bull elk, and uh, that's that's my absolute favorite. Taking my horses up in the mountains and just getting lost for weeks on end. Um, yeah, I mean. Big mule deer are fun too, and big white tails. Right. I love catching bass. Um, I'm a big bass fisherman. Um, and northern pike. Uh, if there was one fish that I could catch every day of the week um, or pursue every day of the week, it'd be northern pike. I'm a huge pike fisherman. Uh, love tip up fishing, love ice fishing. My son, actually, so we just got back from that little weekend getaway, my wife and I, and we took the, the tent and we had a buddy heater with. And I pulled the buddy heater out of the car, and he goes, Daddy, are we going to go walk on water? And he's three, you know, and he's ready to, he's ready to go ice fishing because that buddy heater he puts that, you know, correlates that to ice fishing. Yeah. So it's about everything. I mean, I, I can't honestly say there's one thing I, I love more than others, but if, if I had to, it would be archery elk hunting. Oh, good thing we don't have to. <laughs> I, I, tell, I tell a lot of people if I could teach my dogs to ice fish, I'd never hunt pheasants again. There you go. Because I, I mean, I would, I would give everything up before I gave up ice fishing, and I guess that's because I grew up in northeast South Dakota where we had ice for eight months out of the year, you know. So yeah, and that's same with me. I mean, you couldn't bail hay in the winter time, right. so that's when we got to go explore the the recreational opportunities growing up, and ice fishing was a huge part of my way of life too growing up. So what uh, what caliber gun if you're gonna if you're gonna take one? 25 odd six, hands down, 115 grains, kills about everything that I'd ever wanted to kill, so harvest. Yeah. <laughs> 25 odd. Otherwise, a 7mm08, I like that gun uh, quite a bit as well. My wife shoots that. 
She's a dead eye too. I, I'm actually really impressed with her accuracy here lately. So right I'm a Ruger guy. Uh, I like Rugers. Um, but yeah. Uh, I know you've been spending some late hours uh, processing deer. I just processed one yesterday, so I still smell it on my hands. Actually, uh, I mean, how many how many critters have you have you and your wife harvested this year? And you you're processing <laughs> them all yourself. You're like me, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Well, in the last ten days, I just cut up four deer. Um, right, right on. Uh, she shot a buck with her bow. I shot a buck with my bow, and then we both harvested a, a mealies, uh with our rifle. So we harvested uh, awesome. four deer here, and, and we live off that all year. Um, you know, antelope hunting has been a big part of our lives as well. Um, yeah, man, it's just been everything. is It's been a great fall. I mean, we've, we've shot some ducks. We harvested some pheasants so far. I do most, fe- most of my pheasant hunting, though, in December. Now January, which I love that January season. Um, I always say when the ducks are gone and the deer are done rutting, we'll start pheasant hunting. Right. Uh, my dog doesn't always like that, but right. no, it's been good. We dove hunted a little bit, but yeah, no, we, uh, we process all our own game. Um, you know, we, we process our own hogs and, and our own beef as well. So everything is, uh, yeah, done at, right there at, at the home place. So. I'm, I'm good at cutting stuff up, but I've gotten lost in pigs before. I've, I've opened up a pig and went, <laughs> I have no idea where I'm at, you know. Um, heck, I even helped do a buffalo not too long ago, and I was like, oh, this is easy. Look at these big, giant cuts, you know, and yeah, you go yeah. in there. But for some reason, man, I get lost with pigs. So. Hogs are a little, yeah, they got a little different morphology to them, and they're just, they're different, so. Morphology, there's the, there's the biologist <laughs> coming out, and I knew I'd get it. I knew I'd get it. That's awesome. Hey, let's, I'm going to shift back. You're 36? Yes, sir. I just turned 36, yep. You have to be the youngest secretary of a wildlife agency in the united states don't you i I probably i I don't know i guess i mean i yeah i feel like a little bit of fish out of water at times when i'm on those national calls and i am the youngest guy usually on there or yeah you know between the the guys and the gals on the call but um i yeah I, i I guess I don't even think about that much, to be honest with you. You know, and, and I do know, you know, across the country, this there's a mix of people who are biologists like yourself or, or you know, even career um, wildlife agency employees, and then there's some that are politically employ- appointed. And, and so there's that runs the gamut there. But talk about just your experience and your age and how you think that you may look at things differently than some of these other leaders or... Or am I just putting something out there that maybe I'm? No, I, I definitely, I, I do, I do see myself thinking differently. Um, you know, I'm a, I have a really extensive agricultural background too, and that that is probably a big difference to a lot of other, you know, directors with other agencies. Um, I have the biology background, the ag background. I obviously grew up in a, a house where where my mom was dealing with politics, so I. I kind of see all sides of all issues, um, or at least I try to. And I think a lot of what drives, you know, my dedication to the great outdoors is just my passion for it. Um, I hunt and fish and camp and trap every second I can. And uh, that really, I think, just sets me a little bit apart from some others at times, but not all. I mean, there's a lot of avid outdoorsmen and women on on those director calls, but... Uh, I just bring a different perspective too when it comes to what are things going to look like 50 years from now or 100 years from now or 
I think about that all the time. You know, are our kids as kids going to have an opportunity to enjoy the great outdoor opportunities we get to enjoy today? And that that concerns me. I mean, it concerns me a lot, actually. And that gets me uh, motivated to just press on and, and uh, remain positive because we only have a snapshot in time to make a positive difference in this world. And I'm dedicated to making a positive difference in conservation and outdoor opportunities. Awesome. What did I miss? What else we got coming down the pipe that I can't think of anything, you know, glaring. Obviously our new licensing system and stuff, but we, we'll get into that some other time. But changing the way we do business in that way too, I mean, it it's moved so fast. That, you know, I've been here 15 years and it's changed more in three years than it did the previous 12. I mean, you know, I think some of that is how the world is going. I think some of that is leadership. But I, I just think that this team now looks at some of this stuff and goes, man, we got to make it easier for folks. We absolutely do. Um, we got to make it really much easier for folks. And simplifying rules and regulations has been a big part of doing that. You know, I, I go back to the foundation of wildlife management all the time, and that's habitat. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of more habitat, enhancing the habitat we have in South Dakota and bridging that gap between profitability and agriculture and habitat. And I think that's a huge, huge opportunity area for this department, um, for this state of South Dakota. You know, we have a lot of uh, quantifiable analyses going on with like every acre counts and things like that that's looking at profitability of marginal croplands and then converting those into perennial grass and just the overall aspects of, you know, farming the best, conserving the rest kind of concept. And um, yeah, I can't I can't stress enough how how important that is to me is you know to try to facilitate those conversations with producers. Um, you know, I'm a big cattle guy too. I obviously got a cow calf herd myself, and putting cows back on the landscape means there's grass, and having the two together, yeah, I you know is a, obviously an important combination when we're talking about pheasant production and, and deer production and just game management. And also a, a very important thing to me is access. Uh, because I am a public land warrior, um, I know that that's probably my biggest concern 50 years from now. Are we going to have places to hunt that are open to the public? And is it going to be, I hate to say it this way, but a rich man's sport? Yeah. Or is it going to be open to everyone? The outdoors are open and they're open to everyone. And that's what I'm striving for. The outdoors are open they're open to everyone that wants to utilize that opportunity and uh that's why you know i think access is so incredibly important i think it's the r3 strategy of the year or the decade or the millennial you know it's like if we build it they will come the wildlife and the hunters and if we have the habitat and we have the access uh we'll we'll produce you know more participation and that's really where my eggs are in that that basket so much and uh that i i'm truly passionate about that piece you know the other parts of when I came in, we talked about four pillars, you know, habitat and access I just talked about. Asset management. I mean, look at all of the, the assets we have within this department across our state parks, our rec areas, our lakeside use areas. Um, you know, the number of, of just facilities and things that we manage is, wow, the list is incredibly long. Um, but all those things contribute so greatly to recreational opportunities. So we've got to take care of them. We've got to look at how do we, you know, make sure they're, they're maintained um, they're operated uh, to the best of our abilities, and that's asset management at its finest. All 723 GPAs, you know, all 286,000 acres of land that the Wildlife Division owns, 100,000 plus acres that the Parks Division owns, those are all assets, and there's things on them that we have to take care of 
all the right. time. And then customer service. I mean, we're so, you know, I, I truly believe customer service is the absolute foundation of dealing with people. Um, you know, we want to serve and we want to connect people and families to the outdoors. That's our mission. And how do we do that? Through responsible management of our state parks, fisheries, and wildlife, you know, resources. And that really hits home with me, serve and connect. And that customer service piece is, is critical to that. Um, just always having a positive conversation. Uh, I think that's, you know, paramount to just the way people perceive our agency and uh, the way people interact with us, the positivity piece of it. Um, you know, when you leave a conversation saying, you know what, I want to go talk to that folk, that person again, you know, those types of things. So, and the last one, you know, the foundation is Team GFP. Uh, we talked a lot about that already, but man, there's there's nothing greater than having a team that's all in. And uh, once, the, once the team's all in, wow, we can do incredible things. Yeah. It's, it is interesting because, you know, I'm, I was born in, nor in northern Minnesota like you, but I consider myself a fifth-generation South Dakota kid. Uh, and my dad is a big hunter and, and, and a fisherman. So it was my grandpa, and I talked to my dad. First of all, my dad still thinks I'm a game warden. Everybody who works for Game Fisher Parks is <laughs> You're a game, game warden, warden, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and he, he doesn't even really, you know, he lives in northern Minnesota now with my brother, but he gets, my brother, and they get all the emails that we send out. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of what I do, obviously. And it just blows him away that he's like, you have to remind people that duck season is starting, and you have to remind people to get licenses. And he goes, none of that ever happened. You know, 20 years yeah. ago, I said, I know, it's it happened. It started when I started. That's yeah. when, you know, we started using email and, and social media and stuff. And he just gets blown, you know, he's still just blown away by us reaching out and doing those things. And I said, but it's so much more than that. You know, it's it's trying to get people who would never think about hunting and fishing but want to know where their food comes from. Absolutely. To connect those dots. And, and I see that the first time I ever heard that, I said, this is, you know, this is, whoa, this is not going to work. But I talk to people all the time now that are, are even, you know, my age or older that, you know, I started getting into hunting because I wanted, you know, I wanted to know where my food was coming from. I wanted to, to prepare my own food and started connecting these dots in different ways. And, and the customer service piece, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I'm always aware of it because that's what I do every day. But it, it's, you know, that's a hook and bullet crowd, right? That when I, when I started, that's who we were talking to. And now it's expanded so wide that. But you see it working, and you're like, okay, you know, I, yep. I get it. Now where's the next place we can go to? You know, now it's, now, you know, we can't do, pro, you know, just just doing one-off things for kids and a fishing derby doesn't work. But if we can get mom and dad to come and teach them how to fish, you know. So it it, <clears throat> it really has expanded not only what I do, but how, what our department does, and certainly how you and the leadership think. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, it. Expanding your audience base is critical. Um, you know, creating users, creating outdoor recreational users, enthusiasts too. And they don't have to hunt or fish. Right. They just need to enjoy the outdoors. Um, if they if they get a taste of the outdoors, in my opinion, they might tip their toe in the water and try fishing. They might try hunting. They right. might try target shooting. Um, our goal is just to get people outdoors. Right. And uh, that's, that's everything we do. Um, yeah. You know, in our... Our parks are a great opportunity for that ex outdoor experience, and a lot of those folks that utilize the parks are going to say, you know what, I'm going to go fishing, because a lot of those right. fishing opportunities are right within our right parks there. as well. So 
they go hand in hand, but it's not mutually exclusive or inclusive. It's we're all in this together, and uh, we're all looking to promote the great outdoors, and and that's something that. Man, I just get excited about that, right. <laughs> you know, and expanding the audience base is, is a part of, of who we are as a department. It's it's definitely customer service at its finest, and uh, man, everybody wears that customer service hat. I see it all the time. I hear from people all the time saying, geez, you have the nicest staff. Geez, you know, you got people that are just going out of their way to accommodate, and I says, yeah, I mean, and they do it on their own because they care, they're dedicated, and they're passionate. Well, boss, I got a bunch more questions for you, but I know you got more meetings. And if the listeners could see you, you're going to explode if you don't get up and go to your next meeting or go out and burn some energy <laughs> off. But it's hard to get you to sit down for this long, and I appreciate the heck out of it. Um, I'm sure we'll have you on again, but uh, thanks for being on. Yeah, no, thank you. And take take some youth out hunting. Uh, take some you know per- people that have never hunted or fished or camped before. Take them out, have them experience it. I just I can't urge people to do that enough. I mean, be a mentor, uh, you know, and help folks experience the great outdoors. Because once you do, it's so rewarding. Um, it's absolutely so rewarding to see the smile on their faces. Uh, man, I I absolutely just love it, and I hope folks get to experience those same things I get to experience. And it's uh it's a great time of year. You can't beat it. You really cannot beat it. So get out and enjoy the outdoors. Awesome. Thanks, boss. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay.